This is AutoLine Daily, the show for enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. EV battery makers are working on how they can get rid of cobalt in the cathode of batteries for two reasons. First, cobalt mainly comes from the Republic of Congo in Africa, a war-torn country where child labor is used in a lot of mining. Second, cobalt is expensive, and taking cobalt out of batteries is one of the fastest ways to bring their costs down. But cobalt also makes batteries more efficient And that might explain why Tesla just signed a long-term contract with Glencore, the world's largest supplier of cobalt. Bloomberg reports it could involve 6,000 tons of cobalt. BMW is also buying cobalt directly from Glencore, and the mining company also supplies battery makers such as CATL, Samsung, and SK. As we've been reporting, Hertz, the rental car company, is in deep financial trouble. It was already in trouble before the COVID pandemic, but the collapse in business travel was the coup de grace, and it had to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. But here's where the story gets interesting. In a desperate move to raise cash, the bankruptcy court allowed Hertz to sell up to $1 billion worth of stock as long as it warned investors they're probably going to get wiped out. But that didn't stop investors Trading volume in the stock is the highest it's been in more than five years. Talk about irrational exuberance. Five years ago, Hertz was trading at $70 a share. This February, it was at $20. Today, it's trading at $2. And so yesterday, the Securities and Exchange Commission decided enough is enough, and it told Hertz to stop selling shares. Elon Musk calls fuel cells fool cells, but... There's a growing drumbeat of news about them. Japanese engine company Yanmar is partnering with Toyota to develop a hydrogen fuel cell for boats. It'll be based on the same fuel cells used in the Toyota Mirai. And if you saw last week's Autoline After Hours with Trevor Milton from Nikola, he said that fuel cells are better suited for long-haul transportation like semis and ships. And speaking of automakers and boats, Volkswagen is now shipping cars in a freighter that's powered by liquefied natural gas, or LNG. The ship, which made its maiden voyage earlier this week, is transporting cars from Germany to the Gulf of Mexico for customers in North and Central America. It has 13 decks and can hold up to 4,800 vehicles, and that ship reduces CO2 emissions by up to 25%. Another LNG-powered ship will go into service for the company later this year. And it's pretty unusual to see two of the biggest car companies in the world getting involved in clean ships. Hey, be sure to join us for AutoLine After Hours later this afternoon when the auto analyst Jeff Schuster from LMC Automotive will be on the show. And Joe White from Reuters will also be joining us. So join me and Gary Vasilash for some of the best insights into what's going on in the automotive industry. If rescue workers have to cut their way into a wreck, they need to know things like what kind of material the A-pillar is made out of, and they need to know where to cut to kill power to an EV. So the European New Car Assessment Program, or NCAP, 
is making that information easy to find with an app called EuroRescue. It can be downloaded for free on any Android or Apple device, and it makes the manufacturer's emergency response guides available in one place. Users just tap on the brand, the model, and the model year. Euro NCAP will continually update these emergency guides for any passenger vehicle that it assesses. And that app is available in English, French, German, and Spanish, but will also be updated to all European languages by 2023. The new 2021 Toyota Supra is scheduled to start hitting the U.S. market this summer, and it gets a number of updates. To raise the fun quotient, engineers boosted the turbocharged 3-liter 6-cylinder engine to 382 horsepower, and that's up from 335. Toyota projects that extra power will lower the car's 0-60 to 60 time by 2 tenths, down to 3.9 seconds. But if you don't mind going a little bit slower, 5 seconds, 0-60, to 60, a new 255-horsepower 4-cylinder version is available with a starting price of just under $43,000. That's eight grand less than the six-cylinder version. It's also over 200 pounds lighter. So Toyota did a number of tricks to keep the weight distribution similar to the heavier car. It used smaller front brake rotors, single-piston front calipers instead of four-piston. It axed the active differential and adaptive suspension, used manually adjusted seats instead of power seats, and it comes standard with four speakers instead of ten. And all Supras will now come standard with an 8.8-inch touchscreen. Also new for the six-cylinder models is a retuned suspension, which focused on increasing roll resistance and enhancing cornering stability. These are just some of the highlights. There's even more that we can't get to right now, so we'll provide the link if you'd like to learn more about the 2021 Supra. Lucid provided a quick update on its operations. It's gearing up large-scale vehicle development again, and it's making progress with its manufacturing plant in Arizona. Lucid says the production version of the Air Sedan will debut online on September 9th. Kia also had a little bit of a reveal of its own. It showed off this design sketch of the all-new Sedona minivan, which is also known as the Carnival in the Korean market. It gets the latest version of Kia's Tiger Nose Grille, which appears to blend more with the headlamps than the previous model. A character line down the side linking the front to the rear also seems to be more pronounced. We're getting a little bit of a Ford Flex vibe here as well, but we'll see you know more before the third quarter of this year is over, which is when this minivan goes on sale in South Korea. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Tesla has Autopilot, GM has Super Cruise, and now Ford is coming out with what it calls Active Driver Assist. It's part of Ford's Driver Assist package, Copilot 360. Active Drive Assist is a hands-free cruise control which can operate on divided highways in the U.S. and Canada. An infrared camera tracks the driver's eyes and head to make sure they're paying attention. Visual warnings in the instrument cluster are used to get the driver to take back over if there's a need, but if the driver ignores the warnings long enough, it'll switch off and the vehicle will slow down. 
Ford says it's already pre-mapped more than 100,000 miles of highway that Active Drive Assist will work on. The feature debuts on some 2021 models and across the entire Mustang Mach-E lineup. And on that vehicle, it can be added via an over-the-air update. Buick's range of electrified vehicles in China are all named Velite, and now it's getting a version of the Bolt EV, which they're going to call the Velite 7. It launches in China this year with styling that we think is more premium looking than the Bolt. Also notice how the shark fin at the rear helps create a floating roof effect. Buick says the EV will offer a range of 500 kilometers or about 350 miles, but that's on the NEDC test cycle, which is very optimistic. Interestingly, the Bolt is rated at 565 kilometers on that same test. Chinese outlets report that the Velite 7 will have a less powerful electric motor than the Bolt, which could help explain the difference. And when we get more info, you will be the first to know. Mercedes is offering an all-electric version of its Citaro articulated bus. It's equipped with seven battery packs, which provide a total capacity of 441 kilowatt hours. It comes standard with lithium-ion batteries, but customers also have the option to choose solid-state batteries. Depending on the version, it can hold up to 146 passengers. The company says it already has 60 orders for the bus, and the first deliveries will begin later this year. And while we're reporting so much these days on electric vehicles, BMW is not giving up on its diesel engines. And it's using 48-volt mild hybrid technology to make sure those diesels meet future emission standards. The six-cylinder diesels for the 7 Series come in two power levels, but performance and efficiency is up. The less powerful version now makes 286 horsepower. That's 21 more than before. And not only is acceleration to 100 kilometers an hour improved by two-tenths of a second, fuel efficiency is up by 0.6 liters per 100 kilometers. The other engine makes 340 horsepower, which is about the same power and acceleration improvements as on the other diesel, and its fuel efficiency is up by 0.4 liters per 100 kilometers. BMW also updated the turbochargers, it increased the fuel pressure, and revised the exhaust after-treatment system. The new engines will be available in the 7 Series next month. A friend of the family, who goes on hikes all around his home in Wisconsin, sent us some pictures of the rusted-out relics that he stumbled across. We think it would be cool to help him identify these models, so let's start with this one. The front end is covered up and a bit mangled, and while we sense a European vibe, the bumper on the roof is clearly not European. We hope the cowl air scoop is what gives this one away. So if you think you know what the heck this is, let us know in the comments section. And that's it for today for AutoLine Daily. And don't forget to join us later this afternoon for AutoLine After Hours.